What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Under now perception, episode 72, brother from the same mother. 72, man. 7 plus 2, 9, Michael Jordan. Tony Romo. Uh, KCAL 9. USA, baby. That's all that matters. Hey, 72, 50 years ago, man. Um, 50 years ago, right? Yeah, bro. Dang, man. Speaking of ages, man, I... Uh, I was looking at this uh, Coach Fantasy Atlanta episode, so I was doing a little research on some shit to get some little content on the episode. Not one's the same thing because you haven't seen it, but uh, man, when you look at pictures of old of people from back in like you know late nineteenth century, even before that, man, Aaron looks so much older, right? And it's because and they're like, and I looked at man, this guy was thirty nine years old, three years younger than me. He looks fucking way old. Well, that's because. Life was a lot harder then, right? And the nutrition wasn't there. Mm. They were probably out in the sun all the time. Yeah. And they just looked like weathered and lived in. You ever notice that on those old pictures or drawings? Well, maybe how about the, the camera wasn't that good, that it didn't capture all the good things. It just captured like shadows and bad parts because of the production of, of cameras. No, I would think that would help you because it's, not, no as filter. High def. it's not as high def with the definition of Cause I've taken a picture. Cause I've taken a picture with an iPhone six, and I look ugly as fuck compared to a picture in an iPhone thirteen because it's a better camera. No, because the iPhone six, when you look back, it's all blurry. You don't see nothing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you, those cameras you back then suck. You don't look old. You look less old. You don't even cut the face. So I want, I want, I want to tell you, bro. Uh huh. Um, what do you have to do when something stinks, or what do you got to do to make sure it? It smells better, cause I know you you've been you've been struggling with with your team, bro, with Barcelona. So we're not struggling. They're second place. What's wrong with you? Yeah, didn't they lose the Champions game? The newspaper. You don't go online for your news. But but what do you gotta do to make someone smell better? What do you gotta do to make someone smell better? Okay, well, but you have to like wash them first. I would think. Wash them up. What else? What else makes things smell fresh? On a quick on a quick glance, how can I make myself smell good real quick? Oh, a quick spray, man. Of what? Perfume. So I got you some since your team's been stinking it up, bro. Oh, this is dope, man. You got me the Barcelona. You're welcome, Ooh, man. Something's got to smell man. good over there, bro. It's like a raw special, baby. I love it. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Hell yeah, man. Oh, dude, all right, man. Second place, baby. We're good. We were building still, too. Bro, so I finally had uh, my first date with my wifey since the Jesus is King concert we went to. Damn, Almost three night, years huh? ago. When was date night? Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Celebrate her birthday. A couple years. First one in almost three years. The, uh, but isn't every day like a date because you guys live together? Nah, I would consider a date <laughs> just, just her and I. Yeah. Because I'm with my... Bring it out to you. Bring it out she, to you. What's a date? Because we're a real parent. We're with, with our kids like all day. Like we ain't got no nannies. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all these celebrities and shit. But... It's good and it's and it's very needed in a sense because you know moms are always with their kids, bro, to the point where it gets so ego driven that you're just a mom that you forget who you are and you stop growing and you go through like postpartum. You get like you forget who you are sometimes and you get stressed out. So I remember an OG telling me, "Man, you need to take your girl out on a date. Always make sure that you do that. You guys need to take time for yourselves because." You guys could grow apart that way. So I took it upon myself to do that, man. And, and it was a beautiful thing to see, like, 
sharing a beer with my girl, taking a picture with my girl, opening up the door for her, like, if it's our first date, you know? So it was, it was dope as fuck. And, like, we finally did the new Star Wars ride at Disneyland, the Rise of the Resistance. And, bro, that shit is so inspiring and motivating. And it's, like, a state-of-the-art ride, bro. Like, I was so baffled that I can't wait for you to experience it. Like, I'm not even going to give any information out about it. Okay, before we get into that, man, tell about the date, man. So, this was something you guys were talking about, thinking about, and imagining you guys had to take some time to plan it. Yeah, we were planning it probably for like three, four months. Okay. Yeah, so we just like hit up her mom's, like, hey, can you have this day off? Blah, blah, blah. So, you take care of the kids because it's right. right there. You know, it's like 10 minutes away from Disneyland. Easy drop off, easy pickup. Okay. So, it was great. But what was crazy, because my favorite ride ever at Disneyland is Space Mountain. Right, so I had a a genie pass in order for us to do that ride, like at eleven p.m. Yeah, so it was like ten thirty, right? And then I got an alert that the ride was closed, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I came here to do this ride. Like, we're not gonna do it. It's closed. So we're like, "Fuck it." We left. We left like at ten forty, and we got to her mom's house like at. I would say like at 11, 10, 11, no, my bad. We got to her mom's house like at 11 a.m., 11 p.m., right? Yeah. When the ride should have been there. And my son was like literally in the middle of crying because uh, he missed us and he didn't want to go to sleep because he right. didn't feel comfortable sleeping at some someone else's house. Right. Because he's still probably traumatized from like when my daughter was born and we weren't able to see him. Right. So my lady was like, think about it like this, like. The universe like made that right now work because Ezekiel needed his parents. And I was like throwing a fit, like, man, I wanted to do this, blah, blah, blah. But like we got to her mom's house at the perfect time. So it's just very crazy how like the universe works in mysterious ways like that, dude. Like we took we took that as like a, a sign. I was like, wow. And that made the day even better. Cause like we got to see our boy and he was like ecstatic, oh, thank you, you're here. That's rad, man. Like, I, uh, I mean, I don't want to downplay it in any way. I think what the important thing here is a perspective, right? Absolutely. Because it's the perspective that you guys, how you guys view it. Me, like, I don't, I don't think about things really that way because I, I automatically kind of have a default setting when I start thinking it's, it's almost, um, for lack of a better word, like narcissistic almost, because I think like, oh, the universe helped me out, you know, like the universe is thinking about me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I think about it. So, and it kind of just, and I'm saying that that's not the way, but that's how my perspective on it. I get you. That's like, but it's, so that's why I think it's so important that it's a perspective. Like it's more like, because I know you guys probably don't mean it that way, the way you guys are meaning it. It's like, oh, it just worked out better instead of being in that ride. Mm -hmm. Now we're making our son happy because he's ecstatic to see us and it worked out. I hear you. Would you it's like the idea of that, right? I hear you. Yeah, you could say that. Um, but I want to ask you, like, would you consider yourself a faithful person? Faithful to what? Just faithful in general. We, you mean like, do, do like, I have faith? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, do I have faith? Yeah, I have faith. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Like for me, I'm a big believer, bro. Like if you're faithful, you got to pay attention to the signs because that's faith itself you know like for example bro like the day before my birthday yeah it was fucking random like i get out of my house right and there's a fucking dragonfly literally 
by yeah, my house. I've seen that. The one you, you know what I'm saying? And do you know what that symbolizes? Yeah. It symbolizes change, transformation, adaptability, and self-realization. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like when we, uh, for Luchador, before my birthday, yeah. we, we had to uh, drop my kids off. And then we had to get formula from a chick on offer up because there's a baby formula shortage. And I remember uh, prior to that day, my lady telling me, she's like, how come you're always mad on your birthday? And I'm like, I'm always mad on my birthday. What do you mean? She's like, you're supposed to be happy on your birthday and this and that. And then I remember just reflecting on it. And I was like, am I always mad on my birthday? You open yourself up. You start being more introspective. Like, am I? Yeah. And then like, I just miss it or be like, nah. And then I just reflected and I thought about moments and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of moments where I got mad on my birthday when I shouldn't be. Wait, she told you that after? She told me that before leading up to it. She's like, you better be happy because you're always mad on your birthday because she celebrated. This is the fifth birthday she celebrated with. Okay. So like the last four, like I wasn't in. In a good mood. Right. And it was crazy because on the drive to Luchador, I saw a fucking balloon in the air flying. Okay. And I took that as a sign to just let it go. Don't let anger, don't let anger get to you. Don't let. going to be like it. Nah, bro. Something else going to get you. I ain't that woke, dog. (laughs) Not yet. Well, I mean, I think it it all comes back to like, uh, like I said, man, it's all perspective, right? Like, you know, I think if you have one has a good perspective uh, on things, you're always going to have a better outcome because yeah. you're going to be trying to figure out how it's going to be more beneficial to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the uh, end game and what, did, what are the most positive things to come out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of signs, I think that's all just tied to perspective mm-hmm. because it's what you're looking for. And whatever you're, you're more akin to, your mind, what you're thinking about, you're going to be able to notice that more, right? So if, like, let's say, for example, if you're, like, a negative person and you think, today's going to be a bad day. Today's going to be awful. Today's mm-hmm. going to fucking suck. Today's going to do this. And you go outside. Actually, I heard here in my heart, Right? Bro. And you go outside and you barely, like, trip. Then you're like, fuck. I knew it. You know, like, little things like that. Mm-hmm. But say you're having a good day. You're thinking, no, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to think think right. And you trip a little. You're not going to associate it with, oh, the universe is, you know, lying against me, mm-hmm. you know? So I think I'm all for it, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, like to me though, it's just random things, like a random dragonfly. Like, come on, yeah, you I, rarely see that. You rarely see a balloon floating up in the air when you're driving right, towards well, your own event. That, exactly. That like you keep associating that with because you're keen to it, right? Because yeah. you're paying attention to the stuff. Yeah. Right. It's not like you're like out there like oh forcing things. Like you're if you weren't thinking like that, then you probably wouldn't have noticed it, right? Yeah. So that's that's why it's a good thing and it works out. I think in the in the positive favor for that reason. Absolutely. But, you know, you kind of glossed over this and you started talking more about Disneyland rides. Tell me about the date, man. You're talking about how it's so important to do this stuff. So how, yeah. how was the date? What, how did, is there certain things where you guys connected or, or, or how long did it take you guys to kind of fall into that, that relaxation to realize, oh, it's just us. How did that See, happen? it took probably like an hour or two. Cause we're not used to you guys it. Already there, and it's crazy because yeah, we're already there, and it's crazy because like like I said, like when you're with your kids all day, you primarily focus on them. You have conversations 
with them to the point where sometimes you forget what to conversate about. Of course. You forget what to do. What's it makes perfect sense. Yeah, man. So that's where we kind of struggled with in the beginning. But then after a drink and after one ride, it was great, man. Like I got to do Cars Land. Like my son can't do it yet because he, he's not as tall yet. Right. But dude, that ride was great. And like she always laughs with me because... I'm not good with like little jumps or roller coasters, and okay. and I'm a vocal person, so I'll be like ah, like oh ah. So I'm the loud person in the roller coaster, right. and she gets like a big ass kick from that. So it's just it makes me very joyous seeing my lady laugh like that, good, like a child, like ah, like you know what I'm saying, like her tapping into her inner child, to so you make can, sure she stays happy. So you're gonna ask her out? You're gonna get? You're gonna get? You're gonna get a second date? You gonna do it? What was that MTV thing? Date or pass? Oh uh, yeah, or the. <laughs> the the game the change of love what was it was, man. So you guys are gonna do a second date man soon hopefully no but that's that's fucking awesome and I'm glad man that you guys had a great fucking time yeah bro it was needed man the uh it's good to hear dude fucking um is there any um couples or that you guys have known or individuals where you you kind of like see that blueprint of like oh I really love the way their their relationship is. Or anything like that. I mean, you guys don't have to have one. I'm just wondering if there's someone or a couple in mind where you've kind of... Because you know how you say you do a lot of things. Like, you see the blueprint, the way other people have done it. And you're like, oh. I would just say, pieces. honestly, all I did was just take my parent, our parents' blueprint. But I just made it better in a sense of, like, giving... Like, me being a kid, like, I went through the kid phase of, like, what I needed more from my parents. So that's the only thing that I probably changed. Like... A little opportunities that my pops probably had or a little bit of opportunities my lady's mom had like she fixed those and i fixed those good you know what i'm saying it's like my daughter's fucking been to disneyland like seven fucking times you know already right. you know like like uh what we're doing like with this disneyland thing it's really teaching my son a lot of structure which is really dope like it's teaching them patience it's teaching them how shit is structured outside when it comes to waiting in a line you know, then it's your turn, and then you got to get away from that turn and let someone else yeah. do it. So, like, te- instilling that in my son already at such a young age is paying a lot of dividends for him. But I was wondering more in terms of, like, the relationship with you and her, because you were talking about the date. Yeah, well, we don't got a blueprint. Okay. It's just just what I've learned, like, from my parents, you know. Right, and then cutting out. Just the Western. Yeah, the Western family, bro. Like, always having, like, the mom at home because... To me, man, no one's going to be more caring than a mom, bro. Like, she carries you in her belly for nine months. So, my mom, my lady, being with my kids a lot is very beneficial for right. them, you know? So, just using that, dude. Yeah, man. Speaking about mothers, man, we just, we just celebrated Mother's, two Mother's Days, right? We did the uh, Mother's Day from Mexico, which was on... The 10th. Which was on Tuesday, right? Yeah. So, we know they're on Tuesday a little bit, and then mm-hmm. the Mother's Day prior to that. So, anyway, do you have any... Uh, I know that's kind of just on the spot, and I'm kind of thinking about it. Any, any like, memories from a good story with mom or a Mother's Day thing or just anything when you were a kid, something happened, you're like, damn, my mom's the best. What do you got? Man, I don't know, man. I'm thinking about it right now. Um, you know, man, I just think, like, the, uh, the focus always on making sure... And I'm just being in general because I'm not even... I don't even have one specific thing because I haven't thought about it too much. Um, you know, there's there's always I was coming home from school and there's always food, man. Yeah. Always something's ready, man. Yeah. It's never a thing where like, no, there's no food or nothing like that, you know, like and our parents made food out of anything. 
Yeah. Leftovers for like days. It wasn't like, uh, and we're lucky, man. Maybe that's why some sort of some such stuff is a messed up because oh yeah, Mexicans food, leave man. food on the stove. You know what I mean? Like they just leave like beans there all day instead of yeah. refrigerating it. But I don't want to get into the weird one. But the weird, the weird side of it, the positive, like there's always something, man. There's always mm-hmm. something to eat. There's plenty of food. And not that it's rich stuff, but just like we make food. You know what I mean? Like the can of beans or this or that or homemade stuff or tortillas. You always make something. And mom always provided that nutrition yeah, to us, man. Yeah, that, that's her, man. And, and you hit the, the, the hammer with the nail or the nail with the hammer, I should say, because that's, that's what ultimately I describe my mom as, as a giver. She's the one that gives us everything, gave us a life, gave us, uh, turned a house into a home. And like you said, always a, always a hot plate, dude. Always yeah. a hot plate. Like you said, like coming home from school at 3 p.m. to right. go watch Pokemon, right. you know, or X-Men and Spider-Man. And I got my plate already right. there. So I would say that, man. And just especially you, man, you would always because you were the baby of the family. You'd go home. There's you'd always get in your room, watch TV. It always was your thing, huh? I don't, yeah, yeah. That way. but nowadays, like, I don't even watch TV, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, kind of like, uh, what's his name? Vincent Vega and Pulp Fiction. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll watch Atlanta probably, like, when that's on, and I'm watching my girl show, uh, eating something because of Belinda. But that's about it. Those are, like, the only things I'm watching. I'm literally, like, just reading now to the point where my daughter is, like, yelling at me because she wants to see the book. Like, she okay. tried to eat my fucking book today. I'm like, girl, you don't eat knowledge. You consume it. Right. So it's like instilling that because we saw our pops watching TV all the fucking time. That's probably why we're probably used to watching TV all the fucking time unintentionally. So I want to like somehow dwindle that down a bit and turn it into like a book. So I've been more, more heavy when it comes to that. Right. Any opportunity my kids see me, I'm happy. I'm working out or I'm reading a yeah, we definitely never didn't grow up with books, but our dad was always reading the newspaper. Maybe switch yeah. a little the periódico, little opinion. Maybe switch it more with you because that's when like the newspapers were falling off. But he would always read these. I remember that. I'd always be like, "Hey, go get the newspaper." And yeah. the, the, the changing of the prices, you know. First, it was a quarter. It was this, and it yes, today's up, price you know, is like not today's cents. price. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was always reading that from the newspaper from from front to back. But for sure, man. The the comic strips. I remember he'd always cut them out and he give cut. them to me. The peanut ones. Remember the peanuts. And then I remember the Sudoku puzzle that was always in the back. There's always like a cool thing he would give me. That was always dope. And we'd always, we'd always Chris and I, right, our older brother, when we were heavily into basketball, right, when I was, we were young, junior high, Michael Jordan, we would steal people's newspapers. Mm-hmm. Because the Bulls were so big that they didn't even be in the um, the American, like, I mean American, I'm sorry. They'd be in the California, the Inland Empire style ones. And we would just steal it. I feel bad for people now. And we would just cut it out. And he would save. Chris has all these, like, newspaper clippings from the Bulls. Dude, he's got dope. a fucking, like, uh, a storage locker for yeah. all that shit. You know? I mean, it just amasses to stuff. Because what, unless you're going to do something with it now, what's the point, what's right? What's the point? And dude, yeah, the Gatorade bottles. Yeah, y'all the reason why I do that. I remember like my whole wall was Rashi Wallace newspapers yeah, when they beat the Lakers. Right. The first five game sweep. So then it only took, <laughs> but that's not a big deal because it only took like one little score from your wall because it only went once, right? Yeah, it only went once. <laughs> so yeah, yeah plenty of room, man. Yeah, yeah plenty of room. Pretty much, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was going to talk to you about this uh, K 
K-Dot, right? So K-Dot, we have less than an hour till the album drops, you see, right? Because yeah. they're doing it on the East Coast, so that's why. Man, I've, dude, I've been checking it every day to see for the pre-sale, the album. Who knows when they're going to fucking sell it. They do things a lot differently, man, with K-Dot and shit. But obviously everyone's talking talked about it and nauseam the song so I don't want to care too much to that I was thinking more about thinking about like the, the other aspects of it but first of all the song's fucking incredible it's right? fucking the best song of the year already bro there's not gonna be no song better than that I'll be surprised I mean, bro that song get, like I, all my shockers woke up when I heard that song like like I got immediate chills like Elms made me cry like I felt everything he fucking said on that shit like it what was your favorite part about it? Or what, did, what stood out to you, man? Because I know you love him. He's one of your top three. I don't think there's one, one, just one thing that stood out to me, man. Like, I think, like, the, I think the, the sampling of that Marvin Gaye song, mm -hmm. the chorus of it, to me, is the thing that stands out to me the most when he's like, because he wants a hood to want him, you know, like, to want me to, like, that to me stands out the most because lyrically, man, he just has a thousand pictures per line. Uh, just, that's incredible, man. It's fucking incredible. Like for me, like the part that got me the most was when he raps in like the perspective of Nipsey Hussle. Mm. That shit gave me the chills. Like when he says, uh, what do you say to Sam? Like when he says to my brother, right? Like yeah. to Sam, make sure, make sure you, you live out the genius that we created. Make sure my kids watch my interviews. Yeah. That shit fucking kill me. And then, and then when he said that um, the Emmett Hill line in the end, dude, when he's like, what do you say? He said, and though my physical won't reap the benefits, right. the energy that carry on emits still instead of Emmett Till. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. His wordplay's insane, man. Fuck because it. your spirit's still alive, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sure. When you pass, you know, and your memory still lives on with, like, people talking about you. So it's like, right. even though you're not going to reap the benefits, you still got that, dude. And it was, it was cool hearing that, man. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, when I hear a track over and over and over yeah, and dude. over again, <laughs> to show, there's only a few tracks that did that to me. You know, the Father John Misty one did that to me earlier this year where I just mm -hmm. nonstop heard it. By Mr. Excuse me, goodbye, Mr. Blue. And then this track has just been nonstop. Like yeah. Nonstop that I take a breather on it. Um, and and that's and it, one of the things that does bug me and is that in the song is just like the after effect. Like immediately, I kind of just went on YouTube to see the video again and all that. And I already seen like five, six videos within like the hour of like, oh, an analysis on this. Yeah. Are you fucking shitting me, dude? Like dog's trying to get that residual, bro. No, it's, I think it's just like it's just like the uh, it turns into like uh, it's not even. I get it. It's a reaction video. Yeah, reaction is different because it's it's almost like you're giving props to the artist, right? Like, damn, like the reaction, right? I didn't start doing those. But when you're seeing the fucking like when people are like, this is what it means. This is what it means. It's yeah, like, you're trying to steal some kind of light. Like mm -hmm. you're almost like trying to like get something from this like man let it breathe and also you're probably gonna be wrong because mm -hmm. you're doing this right away let shit breathe man but I think it's more like you know it's the consumption of the culture right like the consumption of um, they gotta be first like it's almost clickbaited to me right? yeah cause yeah cause nowadays you know instead of like fucking with like ESPN or TNT TBS like those big media outlets like 
our own humans or our own people are being the media. So they want to be like the first one talking about it. Cause like on YouTube, if you get like a million views or like a hundred thousand views, you could get income like that. Right. So I know these motherfuckers be pumping that shit out as soon as they hear it, which is smart. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to make a living off of that. And who better to hear than from like an average Joe that's just like us? Oh, not really. Because uh, to me, an average Joe is an average Joe. It all depends on the content they're doing, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times if it's an average Joe, Joe, which I'm not against, I'm just like, well, what, what kind of specialty? Well, not average Joe's the right word. You know but, I mean? like, but I know what Someone that's not in the media that's bought in or owned by somebody, someone that's actually genuine, right. that's not it's owned by has somebody. Like a hidden agenda or something. Yeah, people like us. But I think, you know, the, now we're more thinking about it, the song, like, another thing that pops out, it's the overall concept of the idea of culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? When he's talking about, like, it's not fucking, like, yeah, it's culture, but it's not culture. It's like, it's, it's has to do with the deconstruct, the decon, uh, deconstruction and decontextualizing of, it's just like pain and shit like that, and we call it culture. Right? Exactly. Like that one thing that uh, Charlie Mean the God posted, and he mm-hmm. was quoting the uh, the author. And man, when I saw it, I was like, "Damn!" It made me, you know. That's when you start. I see stuff like that, and that it's like, okay, that shit I could ride with because it makes sense, you know. And it's about being informative. And he said, "Trauma in a person." Well, he quoted Resma Menachem. I don't know what that is. Trauma in a person decontextualized over time looks like personality. Mm-hmm. Trauma in a family decontextualized over time looks like family traits. Mm-hmm. And trauma in a people decontextualized over time looks like culture. Yeah. Man, just that overall idea, these big fucking ideas. And someone like just like a master craftsman like Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. which is incredible. That's why it's great that we don't get it out until like five years from now. All that matters is. Look what he brings. No, yeah, absolutely. And that quote was great that you sent, bro. Like, it made me think about, like, that's the culture, right? Kind of like when we go to the to the doctor, right? And they know your race, Latino. So they're going to be like, all right, you got high blood pressure. You got this because of what Let's we eat. These. Of what we eat. That's right, right, the right, culture. Right. And that's what bothers me. And that's so true because sometimes I know half the time genetics aren't 100% real because we could alter our shit if we change what we eat. Or if we change where we live, we change the climate. You're not permanent. You're absolutely not permanent. Um, And uh, what else was I going to say? I was going to change the subject. I was going to say, did you see the Life of the Party video? Yeah. Isn't it interesting how they both came out with the same video? So now I I completely get it. Because I remember in 2013, was that when Yeezus dropped? And Kanye got K-Dot to open up for him. Remember when we were there? Yeah, yeah. And I remember... I was like, why is he getting K-Dog? Because that's when, barely when Good Kid Mad City came out. But then you had, like, Big Sean, that was his his guy. And then you had, like, The Game, who was, like, bigger in the West Coast. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why is Kanye picking K-Dog? And I remember in an interview, he said, Kendrick Lamar is our future messenger. So when he dropped this song, I was like, that's what he fucking means by it. So now he's, like, picking up that baton where Kanye left it. And he's grabbing it, and he's going to take it even further, bro. Because you were raised with hip-hop music, just like me. And I found it a need to have to say bitch to girls sometimes. You know, me being like a 12-year-old boy, 14-year-old boy, not mentally strong. But the culture is teaching me, like, 
fuck that bitch, get with that bitch. And like yeah. using those type of words. And like you said, it's just poison, man. Like once you hit the yards, once you hit the yard, the home is going to be fucking your bitch. What did he say on that line? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So I like that he shed light on that, letting people know that. Well, the fact that, to me, it's like how he takes this idea, right? And, and it's, it's a generational issues and problems, and he's able to construct it in a song, man. And yeah. it just hits, right? And it's not even that evident at first, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's something that's always fascinated me about the art form of hip-hop and rap the way it's created how you have that ability to just like spit so many ideas within one thing right and you're able now the way it's transformed and evolved you're able to have like a hip hop R&B kind of sounding artist song like Frank Ocean or Childish Mm -hmm. Gambino where it's not even doing all that but you can you know like it's like it's, it's almost like this unlimited ability to make a song Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I've always found about oh, I think only like in a hip hop, as right now that I've seen it in rap, you're able to make a song like that that hits on that strength and power, right? Because when you think about what would you compare, like let's just say we're taking this song as an example, and then let's let's just compare it to John Lennon's Imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Like John Lennon's Imagine is very strong, very powerful, right? Yeah. But it hits you in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't hit you like the way this song did. This one, this one hits you, and I'm not saying more or less, but it's like more like what's the word I'm looking for, man? It's just, I mean, because I'm using the word, it's just visceral. Like it's just boom, like it just fucking hits you, right? Like it's powerful, and that's why I think I think only hip hop can do that, mm-hmm. almost, right? The um, definitely that bass helps. Yeah, man. Because that wakes your chakras up. Like those real boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that wakes man. things up in your body. It's fucking weird, bro. Who produced it? Who produced it? I know it was directed that by track, Dave Free or something. Dave East directed it. I don't know who produced it, but I know like eight people wrote that song. But like that's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? It takes that much brain power to come up with something great like this. So I feel, I, I don't got a problem with that. That's great. And and I feel like this is going to be his My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy album. Like this is going to be the pinnacle of his shit. Well, to ask you about that, because I I've, I haven't done my homework in terms of all like the credits to this and that, right? With, with this, because, you know, the stuff that I dive more into is on like one or two songwriters, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I see, I've always seen the hip hop, there's always like 10 people yep. or whatever. But they never separate with the lyrics, right? So, cause, so for something like this, is it because they're crediting everyone that dropped a little bit this mm-hmm. and then a sample here, here, here? But lyrically, is it all just K dot? I imagine, or no. someone drops a line. So here? yeah, so it's pretty much like a combined effort. Because what I learned from like the way Kanye West does shit, uh-huh. like it's literally everybody in a circle talking, and then be like, "We heard this bar. How can we make this bar better?" And then literally dissecting it like that. Oh. Like, this dude really took five years to make this album? Right. You best believe they dissected every line, whether it be your will or the will alignment, right? Okay. Like, that motherfucker said some crazy shit in that so song. So he, uh, but you're, but you're not exactly sure if it was, if it was in him who just wrote all the lyrics. 
it said written by and I saw eight names. So See, you give credit. You give credit to everybody. Yeah. So that's even what I'm saying. they never separate the lyrics and the music. Yeah, they never do. So Which you shouldn't. That's it's that's a collective effort. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know what I'm saying? That, like, but to a certain extent, because it always always throw me off. Because like, what about publishing rights and like. I'm going to release all my books of lyrics or things like that. That's what's always been kind of. Yeah. And that's where I want to do a little bit more homework just for my own sake. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Man. But I know they, they, I think they get Grammys for it because I know the person that produces the song gets the Grammy as well as they should, right? That fake ass award. <laughs> hey, man, I always told you, man, I don't care the fuck about that. I know. I just got to bring that shit up. But man, now that we talked about that, man, I can't wait for that, man. But man, don't you have something for us, man? You got some. Uh, Dude, so I've been like. I've been reading Mastery a lot by Robert Greene. I'm almost done with it. Yeah. And there's this portion about the book that really stood out to me when it talks about contingencies. So about how like contingencies usually pop up and they reveal a different path you need to take. So I wanted to ask you, you being 10 years older than me, is there any type of contingencies that you went through in life that made you redirect in a different path? There's a lot, man. But do you want to get a little more specific? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, give me yours. So, like, contingencies for me, like, knowing my dad's got high blood pressure, you know, diabetes, you know, like, I decided to stop eating certain food groups because I remember being a kid looking at my dad like a superhero and then one time just seeing my dad kind of, like, not being this... Superman figure in a sense of kind of disintegrating it. It yes. really hurt my feelings because I'm like, damn, this is my fucking superhero, and my superhero is getting rust. My superhero is breaking down, and like I remember feeling that pain. So I'm like, I'm not gonna let my son feel that. So like those type of contingencies that that you see where you know what things are going this way. What can I do to change this path now? So, like, is there anything that, that stems right now that you could think of? For me, I guess the thing that pops out to me is more about, and it's not probably going to be as deep as yours, but education. And not in the sense of, like, oh, I need to go to a brick-and-mortar school for it, right? But being educated in whatever it is I'm approaching. Okay. You know, so, like, uh, you know, growing up, like, if we went somewhere and, and saw something, not really knowing what it's about and almost complaining about it as opposed to, like, well, there's a reason why that waitress was pissed off. That's right? cool. Or something okay. like that. Like, that idea of, like, be aware of, of what it really is, right? And, and it's outside of us. How old are you? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just talking about presently. Okay. You know, okay. Know, but in terms, but like I think in terms of education, it's probably happened when I was way younger. Like idea of like, I don't want anyone to ever, you know, try to take advantage of someone. I remember when um, it's funny the story. I haven't thought about this in years. Nice. The uh, you you've seen Conan the Barbarian, right? The original with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I always think about the Universal picture. I think that y'all had with my mom's. Yeah, yeah. That's but right. I do remember the film there as a kid. There was the studios to cut out. My mom put her face on the... I remember eating fish and chips from Andy's Burger while watching that film. Oh, see, there it's, you know, okay. Well, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. 
It's a uh, oh that that confused that you meant you were eating an anise inside of there. So the uh, yeah so I remember when uh, watching that movie as a young kid, and uh, there's a scene at the end. You remember the scene at the end? Nah. So it's, like I saw that one, as a one, kid. one of the last scenes is like well because you know the the guy's a cult leader right? Okay. <laughs> and they use they like, use women and they sacrifice the women and the guy turns into a snake and all this other shit right? Mm-hmm. So in the, but he has like this mind control with people like he he like brainwashes them right he like stares at them right you know this deep voice James Earl Jones oh like, James Earl Darth Vader okay child right like he does this right so oh, and at Fasa. the end Schwarzenegger is trying to get his revenge right because this guy killed his mom killed his dad so there's just this like this great epic scene where they invade and he's climbing up like this the stairs from from I remember correctly. And he's face to face with him, right? And James Orr Jones is almost like there's this moment when James Orr Jones is like talking to him, and then you see like Sorcerer's face almost like getting like his eyes getting entranced. But then he just immediately just beheaded him, right? Damn. And I remember my dad telling me like, "You never want anyone to control your mind. You never want to be a slave to anything. Damn. You always got to think for yourself because people will take advantage." So that's always been in my head. That's fucking badass, bro. That's a great story. Yeah, Thanks for sharing funny. that. Yeah. That's cool that you remembered and he that. he literally said, listen to what I say. He's like, go <laughs> take the trash out, bitch. <laughs> Dude, so like, like right now, like you see how like there's a fucking huge baby formula shortage. Like I literally got to go. I, I literally got to go to offer up. I got to go to like. A Fullerton Target, or I gotta go to like a just be like a like a Walgreens in fucking the city of Irvine. Like that's how crazy it is. Baby bro. formula in general, or just yes. specific kinds. Yes, baby formula. Sixty percent of baby formula, bro. We're talking about baby formula. We're talking about like the powder stuff, right? The powder stuff that feeds kids. So what's up? What's going on? There's just a shortage. They're not transporting it. You know, is it like sitting out in the ocean? It's just sitting out in TJ, bro. On you the know, docks. Pretty much, they don't want to bring it over, so they're making it hard for parents to like feed their kids, and it's getting parents a lot of stress and this and that. Well, who's they? Like just parents in general. Parents I speak to, dude. No, no, like who's they? Who who wants to make it difficult? Because what's the whole point about making profit and making money? Who making it difficult? I would say the people running the country, the elites. They're the ones that have all the control. So I would say like just making it harder for parents to you know feed their kids bro you know to make people not want to have kids to answer the question that's how i feel oh, about oh, okay. it okay you're way out there with that one no yeah for sure so let's follow your thread but what i want to talk about with contingencies right okay. this is a contingency that i'm going through right now okay so if you ever look at like the ingredients with baby formula there's a lot of bad shit in it oh i have let me tell you a lot a lot of well, bad what shit is it? what is it it has like cornstarch. It has like oil, like things that babies shouldn't eat. Okay. And and it's Is weird, it like just to preserve it, though. Maybe I guess, bro. But it's like not natural shit. You know, my okay. My daughter gets really bad tummy aches because I know she's lactose, like daddy. Mm. And uh, like we got her on this one called uh, it's by Infamil. It's called a Nutrimagen, and it doesn't have cow in it, so it's like even okay. harder so to it's find. Not dairy. It's not dairy, but it's even harder to find. So that's why it's been very difficult for us. Yeah, that's scary, man. Yeah. But you don't think it has to do more like with like the shipments and the docks and other stuff? I personally don't, honestly. And uh, 
So back to the contingency part. Yeah. So there was this this girl that's very. So where are you guys getting your bait from? Uh, Craigslist. We got it. We got like three cans from this chick on Craigslist. And then my lady picked up a big can at the Walmart in Ontario. So it's just, you always got to look. It's like a PS5. And then, uh, so there's this chick that my girl used to dance with that got really popular. And my girl became friends with her on Instagram. They're good friends. They DM each other. And uh, we learned a natural way to do baby formula. So this was a contingency, that a different path that we're going to go through. So once my daughter turned six months, we learned that if you use hemp seeds, sea moss, and dates, you could create milk. And that could be used as baby formula because hemp seeds have all the nutritional value for babies to thrive and get healthy. Okay. So in a sense... Me being very positive, like how you say, like how I look at aspects. Yeah, your perspective. This thing for me, like maybe it happened because I need to make sure that my daughter doesn't drink this anymore. So hopefully by us going through this and having an older daughter than some of my homies and it being successful for my daughter, maybe other people could do it. So I'm excited to try this once she's six months. She's five months right now. Okay, so that's what you try. So what what additional research have you guys done in regards? Has other people like done this? Or a lot of people. Is it like a lot of journals, anything? No, like yeah, that? a lot of people have done it on YouTube if you look it up. Like people have done it like when their babies are barely born. But like for us, you know, we want to play it safe because we don't know that much information yet. So but it's right, going to be a little more educated. On so it's going to be a, a good outlet for us to try out. And it's something that we're going to start drinking ourselves, like hemp seeds. That's fucking well, brilliant. Hey, people use that for all kinds of stuff, man. They make shoes out of that shit, too. So, like, with the... Um, that's starting to get a little more... Ed- where I need to get some education on it. So, so it's uh, within, like, certain time frames. So, when she turns six, the, when babies turn six months, they're able to eat something different? Is that... They said it... They, well, yeah, but they said it's um, more safe from when I... Because there's not okay. that much information on it. It makes sense because you're developing. So, that's... Yeah, cool. but... Dude, like my daughter got so much pain, and it's like it's weird, dude. Like if you smell it, it smells like Pringles. Baby formula smells like Pringles, dog. And I want that shit. But like you said, my little polar bear man. She's my little polar bear man. Thanks, hey, bro. Man, I think they take us out with uh, mm, massage my mental, Mas- baby. Massage my mental. So, so you here, can read off the good book. So read off the mastery book. So it's like a little passage, something that Albert Einstein spoke about. So tell me what you think about it. Don't think about why you question. Simply don't stop questioning. Don't worry about what you can't answer and don't try to explain what you can't know. Curiosity is its own reason. Aren't you in awe when you contemplate the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure behind reality? And this is the miracle of the human mind. To use its constructions, concepts, and formulas as tools to explain what man sees, feels, and touches. Try to comprehend a little more each day. Have holy curiosity. Yeah, man, before you even got to that word, I think I've read that in the past. I was already, the only word that was popping in my head was curiosity. And then, then he went and said it, which says, yeah, man, so I just think it's about the, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, like, but it's what it does, it, like, it just, it's invigorating. Yeah. This idea of like, man, there's just 
life is just dude just think about this idea of life yeah we're floating out in space yeah we are in ball. space we're floating out in space right we're, we're being held up by a gravitational pull the uh this idea this this like dude there's nothing is um for certain you know i don't think we know for sure we're gonna die mm-hmm. right the the idea to to always expand your mind and to learn and to grow and to experience and to be present and to not shackle yourselves with like this idea oh fuck man i forgot this this report was due this or that was due like yeah i get it but put it into context you got to be able to control it. like yeah hey, i gotta make sure this is done not be fucking stressed out about it because at the end of the day it's like what the fuck does that matter at the end absolutely yeah, it doesn't fucking matter absolutely companies and things that humans have built and then we've attached meaning to it yeah. because we put a value system in something else you know that's all mm-hmm. it is right obviously it's more than that it's a separate way of putting it but yeah curiosity man that's, it's that's brilliant it's invigorating what about you man yeah like that like you know like change is scary right so instead of thinking yes. of change being scary think about change as curious what else am I gonna mm. learn what else am I gonna do this so just being curious for the next life the next step of life right. so that's what i get most from it and it makes me think about kids you know how kids are curious with yeah. everything so it's just maintaining that spirit but i, I wanted to bring this up because you got an elvis shirt on that yeah. shit is so fresh bro i fucks with elvis this whole thing? you know the hip-hop community be hating on elvis sometimes especially no. like j cole saying but kevin gates has a fucking elvis tattoo and kevin gates fucks with elvis like kevin gates is the man give us your favorite Elvis song and your Elvis impression, because I know you got that shit well, down, bro. Let's take a little background on this. Okay, let so me hear this. What does it say on the side here? That's 20, homie. So he died in 77, right? So our brother Chris gave it to me in 97. Wow, and Dude, he I died the year this. he was born. Yeah, bro, I've had this since um, <clears throat> to 97. You got to take a pic because you got that shit on. Huh? badass, man. Um, well, my favorite song of us, Presley, and also my favorite song of all time is Love Me. Yes. It's not Love Me Tender. Mm-hmm. It's not Loving You. It's not Joe House Rock. What's funny is a lot of people don't even know this song, but to me, I remember when I was a kid, uh, our uncle, our dad's brother, you know, whoever he may be, you know, he disappeared, right? He um, he had given my dad this tape, right? And that's what got me into Elvis Presley. But then my dad also had someone I, he worked with that recorded like these three different records on a tape, which is a mm-hmm. compilation. And I remember we'd have like little Walkman. So I was like in our studio place, right? In a little closet here in the Walkman. And the song came on and it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Like something changed inside me. I think I was five, yeah. six, and something just changed inside me. And it goes, and the, and the way, the way, let's get So I was trying to do that song right now, here, but there's no way I could, I could do it justice, man. Ooh. So um, he's a uh, um, tree. Middle like a fool. There we go. But anyways, I'm a little sick. But that song to you, written by Library Staller, Elvis, man, it's my favorite. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I remember that being your favorite <clears throat> song because you, you do say that. And you get down with the vocals with that. Like, you that's imitate them. But one thing before we close out, I wanted to tell you this before I forget. Take this out, man. Like, I know you always say you're the middle brother, so you always consider yourself the buffer, right? Yeah, like the ocean. So, like, I want to say, like, you do a great job at being the middle brother because you're really good at checking up on people, making sure everyone's good, 
you check up on moms, you check up on big bro, you check up on baby bro. So I just want to tell you, thank you so much for always doing that. And you're a great fucking Nino, dog. Like I knew oh, you were gonna, that, I knew you were gonna be just as good as my Nino, dog. But you surpassed them, bro. So I just want to tell you. Thank you for being that buffer and always checking up on people, Doc. I love, love you, man. man. Appreciate it, man. Well, thanks for the honor, man. For yeah. sure, man. And thank you, everybody, for liking, listening, and subscribing. Under Now Perception, episode 72. Peace. Peace.